Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, everybody. It's the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff. I'm joined, as always, by Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael. Wait a minute, is that the chicken dance? Hey, we are discussing the Mount Washmore of wedding receptions. And I am so excited because I have been to 263 weddings this year. <laughs> you have performed 260 of them. <laughs> yeah, performed 260 of them. I had incredible luck to do that. But I have a lot in my cannon to shoot at you guys. Uh, whoa, that sounded whoa. weird. Whoa. Um, so, uh, but I want to hear what these guys have to say about uh, Mount Rushmore of wedding receptions. And I'm going to pick a person to start whose name rhymes with Schmeichel, and that is Richard. Oh, you don't understand rhyming. Very oh, good. no, I don't. No. I, I got to figure that shit out. All right, so my first choice is speeches. Oh, okay, okay. Um, could be best man or or, yes. or or maid of honor speeches. Could be the parent speech. Yes. Um. I am lucky. I've never had to give one. Thank oh. you, thank you, Michael, for not making me have to give a speech at your wedding. Yeah, you're in, welcome. In hindsight, I really appreciate that. Um, I didn't even ask you. What do you? Well, you, you were not even on the short list of people to, to for me my, to ask. That's my point. Thank you. Felt like fuck you. <laughs> that's my point because I don't want to have to do this ever Good. for anyone. Yeah, even my own kids. Have you? I seen... hope they never get married. You got so nothing to I say, so that I don't have to like give this like really. Awkward. Uh, like, of all the weddings you've this been to, like if, you were to give, if you were to give a wedding speech, it would be like five minutes of you just walking over and like punching the person because you'd been, you'd been like been drinking four, and a, half, uh, four and, uh, and a half drinks in and you're just like in. slapping someone on the shoulder hey, way too buddy, hard. Hey, whap. My new, my new, my new son-in-law <laughs> punch. Um, I have heard some really bad ones. Um, there are the ones where people get way too personal yeah like at my wedding for example when sarah's two sisters the maids of honor gave their speech and their speech generally was fine and they got you know they got to the point talking about all the sarah's great qualities you know her her this that this that that and they're you know you know her her caring her warm heart and then both in unison and her fantastic rack Oh, and it was just like e- I'm sitting next to Sarah, and she's holding my hand, and it suddenly is like, I just had my hand broken. <laughs> That's what it feels like to have my hand squeeze that hard. Do you feel like if you were, if you had to throw out the pitch at a baseball game, you wouldn't try for the sinker, you wouldn't try for the fastball knuckler, you just try to get it over the plate, just straight. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. don't be the guy who's pitching from the mound. Yeah, because those are the guys who always screw it up. Yeah. Walk in walk front forward. of the mound yep. and just make an easy pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> know your limits. Yeah. And if public speaking is not in your wheelhouse of things to do, give the most basic, boring speech and get the hell out. Get yeah. the hell out of Dodge. You kind of want a wedding speech to be kind of forgettable. You don't want to yes. be uh, that to be the topic of conversation afterwards. Uh, Richard, we'd been to a wedding. Uh, where the bride and groom will remain nameless. Um, but the uh, bridesmaids, maybe, had gone into way too much oh. depth describing the groom in terms of Star Wars. Oh, Every reference was a Star Wars reference, and it was just like, it got to the point where it was just like, this is, they don't know what they're saying. They're just pulling out words from oh. the Star Wars visual dictionary and it's yeah. like he may have been the best at at driver <laughs> and you're like what what are they uh, talking about here yeah. don't don't say they they're like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Avoid Jabba the Hutt in terms of any any reference during. <laughs> no. So I'm making he listen. might have a hard heart as large as Jabba the Hutt, and you're just like no, no. about that. So making a list of things not to phrases not to use in a wedding suite. Jabba the Hutt, <laughs> number one, fabulous rack. That yeah, would be right up there. I would say most but talk about Jabba's fabulous rack. Yes, it was That's really good. fantastic. Probably many of the ills that befall wedding receptions could be blamed by alcohol. Or emotions, 
but the speeches often are written down, and that sounds like the Star Wars one was written down. Oh, it's, yeah. So your idiocy was studiously prepared. I think, and a lot like like Richards, I think that there was a lot of uh, speaking in unison. Oh, okay. Where like that was the punch, like the punchline is saying things together, yeah. and you're just like, yeah, okay. Like women, That's... like when drunk girls do karaoke. I can't sing alone, but will seventeen people do Love Shack with me? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. there is an element of that too. Uh-huh. Um, the other horror story I have is with my sister-in-law's wedding. Um, it didn't have anything to do with her. Uh, it was her father-in-law, yeah, who gave a speech that involved the wedding ring and started talking about the wedding ring and how the why the wedding ring wedding ring is circular and what it symbolizes. And essentially, what he said was. What it means is what goes around comes around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you better be good to each other. Oh. Uh, and it was just like, oh, woof, hey. that is not, I don't think that's actually what it symbolizes uh, there, guy. I, Oof. this well, wedding number, I think 20, and the ones that I've had to go to recently have been blessed to be invited to, because as a guy who's 49 years old, you want to put your suit on for the happy occasions, because there's going to be a lot more times to wear your suit where you're at somebody, you know, being put in the ground or something like that. But this wasn't a, let's say the couple weren't from the same ethnic background. And so each of their families would come up and like make you laugh and cry in a totally different, let's say one was like a Mamma Mia and the other was like um, a Tyler Perry film. <laughs> and each one you thought. It wasn't a Mamma Mia or a <laughs> Mamma Mia, which one? Well, it was just white people being, okay. being flamboyant or whatever. But then the other family would just come up and have just this like emotional and just real, as real as you're going to be kind of thing. And each time you'd think, well, the mother, mother of the groom is not going to top this. And she would just just make you laugh and cry. So it was just pretty amazing because I think their, their authenticity came through it. Not, I'm trying to be the cleverest person um, yes. based on also a thing that I think I read in Elle magazine that is like... That's a, always one of the most interesting things about just families in general is that you're, you know, bringing together two disparate yeah. nations. Uh, with that, sometimes you get the father of the bride who is very gregarious and just big, a yeah. big personality. And then you'll get like the father of like the, the groom who's just very matter of fact. Just would like to thank everybody for coming here. Yeah. And just that dichotomy of like, these are these two people that, the families that they have to deal with, somebody is very straight and narrow and someone else is over the top and like, that's what your marriage is going to involve in some way for the rest of your life. You're going to be sitting around a Thanksgiving table Mm -hmm. and the father's going to be just very, very straightforward and quiet. And then maybe there's another one that's just like, you go to a a Thanksgiving and like, you know, turning over tables. Who knows? Yeah. You just don't want the thing that people walk away from the wedding being remembering is the one of the speeches. Yeah. Really. Especially since I think the y- yes you as a uh, as an attendee of a, a guest of a wedding who's not in the wedding party you are a spectator at what is essentially a romantic comedy but it is a show and the characters and dramatis personae some of them or one of them you may know, but the rest are being revealed to you as the plot <laughs> grows throughout the evening. And sometimes it's telling when the person who is giving a toast is going against the grain. The grain should be they're helping you understand the bride and groom better by right. giving you some history. And they're really telling you more about their desire yes. <laughs> to be hilarious and step into the spotlight. Yes, this is their chance to be Robin Williams yeah, for yeah. a day or something yeah. like that. Jeff, are you sure that most of the weddings you've gone to this year haven't been Tony and Tina's <laughs> wedding? <laughs> I was in Tony and Tina's for a whole year. Oh, were you? <laughs> After you've done the chicken dance professionally, three shows a day oh, on Saturday and Sunday, you start to hate the fuck out of weddings. But it was... A lot of fun. Um, Southwest again. God damn it. So loud. Tony and Tina's wedding, too, was kind of funny because the actors would play different roles. So any given night, you'd go up to some guy, some Guido-looking guy in a tuxedo and go, Hey, it's me talking to the brother groom. 
uh, father. <laughs> you never knew who you were talking to. Yeah, but speeches. Although one, I saw Hail Mary a couple summers ago during a father of the bride speech where he was drunk and it was a lesbian wedding and he implied that he would do the bride's bride if she wasn't going to fulfill the task. It was through a little bit of an insinuation and he Whoa. he said, my daughter and I, we have the same taste in women, if you know what I mean. And he got a ooh from the audience. <laughs> and he was drunk and his saving thing was, I'm a shaman in the Choctaw Indian nation. And everybody went, oh? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Where did God. that come from? Pull, the, pull that out and you're just like, can't judge. I can't yeah. judge. I, don't I guess so. Yeah. I don't know enough about yeah. uh, Choctaw Indian Nation's <laughs> traditions. If we, if we culturally that, appropriate. Yeah, that Indian. We'll get, you get a pass. <laughs> bring, on this, bring on the yeah. Caesar salad. I don't know, man. Salad. <laughs> it was such a bizarre save. I think he thought, you know, that we were supposed to give him a pass because of that. Oh, well, you know what? It doesn't make any sense, but we did steal his land. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That Indian's crying now. Okay, so uh, speeches. And uh, Michael, your first is what? My first is the couple, the oh, yeah. newly married couple. Those idiots. Not sitting down for like five hours. No. This wedding is about the celebration of this couple. And immediately, as soon as they say, I do, and they are whisked off to do an hour of photos, mm-hmm. to wrangle in various family up into said photos, to maybe come down and do a first dance, then have to dance with parents, then have to sit down kind of. Maybe they're served food first. You have like 10 minutes of where you're actually sitting down and it's quiet and you're like basking in like this glow. And then you're immediately up, greeting tables, going around, more dancing, walking around. Someone's handing you a drink. You're not actually drinking it. You take a sip, then you have to sit down for more photos. You have to do a bouquet toss you have to do a garter 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 thing toss you have to like you are at this wedding that is your wedding that you have spent oodles of money on that you're trying to enjoy that by the 1130 you're like i don't know what happened yeah and this seems to happen with like every couple where you're just like i remember my wedding Mm -hmm. Hmm. from other photos kind of yeah and then you're just like i feel like what must be like to win the, uh, the Wheel of Fortune and then have to, like, buy all the prizes or do all the stuff that they do. I feel like it's like on a game show where you'd say, I-, I need to watch the tape to know what even happened. I think you think you're prepared for it and it's, you know, built up to be a special day and then you're just like, oh, I don't know what's It's just a whirlwind. Yes. And, like, your best friends that you want to see are people from out of town that you're dying to see and you see them for, like, ten minutes and they're like, yeah, we didn't talk at your wedding. And you're like, wait, what? Uh- yeah, yeah. I saw you for like one minute when you came by to the table and then someone else dragged you away and you're yeah. just like, oh, but sh- like... You're an object to be schlepped around. You're yeah, you really are. a person mm-hmm. that people are there. You're to like see. the Stanley Cup. Like you get to kind of go... <laughs> Every gets a, make, gets a name with him. <laughs> Do you... F- I did a sports thing, you guys. Hey! 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 The... I remember times when I thought I actually waved or made eye contact with somebody at a reception, and I thought I said hi to them. That, no, that's all it was. It was just like a... What I kind of see that is that you just got about $100 from every person you know, and it's going around thanking them. That's <laughs> the thank you tour or something. Yeah. The inauguration ball or something. Uh, do you feel like that's a... That's what makes the reception not truly a reception because nothing was received. <laughs> I did not have, and, and it, I did not get to uh, encounter the couple, and it was not at all authentic or genuine. I was just kind of present at this. Thing. I don't know. Last week we talked about like uh, the things that you do to uh, pretend that you're cool, and it almost feels like weddings and the whole reception is part of that. As well, there are like all these things that you like, all these different things that you want to make sure you hit because you're supposed to hit them. Yeah, and it's like you're fulfilling something. You kind of you want to do them, but then at the same time, oh, I'd rather sit down at, and have a drink with my friends. Yeah, at a table rather than cut the cake. But in the moment, you're so caught up in it, you don't realize that you're being like snickered a little bit. You're yeah. like, oh, 
the cake cutting was fun. The pictures of me cutting the cake was fun. The cake was really good. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, you're like, oh, I would have loved to have just sat down and chatted and just like had that thing. But you're so wrapped up in it that you're just like, I don't know. It's just all over the place. Uh, Are we... I I don't know if this is on your list or not. So um, is anybody... Is, is the dollar dance in any of your lists? Uh, yes. Okay. The All money right. dance. All right. Do you want to do the money dance? We can talk about the okay. money dance. Okay. And how whorish it makes it's everyone fucking involved whorish. feel. It's yes. bad. So if you guys don't have this tradition, um, I don't know if this is even something that happens in weddings anymore. I haven't seen it in a while. That's what I didn't know. Is it something that was from my youth, my youth in the Midwest? My youth as white trash? No, we or went, is it just we went to a wedding in Indiana a number of years ago. Oh well, a yeah, couple, not couple of them, uh-huh. and uh, both of them featured. Yeah, you know, so money. maybe it's a smallish town thing versus maybe. like a, a, a more oh, okay. big city thing. But what it is, if you've never had one, it's, it's a scene from the Godfather yeah. scene. It yeah. essentially <laughs> is. It is the bride and groom split up, and the women at the party dance with the groom, and the men dress or dance dress with the bride, uh, <laughs> dance with the bride, and they while well, during the dance they will slip a five or 10 or whatever they want to give into the pocket of the, or the purse that the bride happens to have or the pocket of the the groom. And that money is supposed to be used traditionally for the honeymoon. And it just makes you feel like a, like a a gigolo. Yeah. That's what I remember feeling like we did it at our wedding because basically everyone expected us to. Everyone in our family is like, you're doing the money dance, Mm. right? Yeah. Like, so there was this expectation, like we had to do it. Mm -hmm. And I remember as soon as like they, I got called up to do it, I was like, I don't really want to do this. I feel dirty. I feel like I'm panhandling my f- my friends and family yeah. for money for my, so I can go and have, you know, margaritas on the beach in, in Mexico. Yeah. That's what I feel like I'm doing, basically. And it was gross. And I really, that's one thing that I would like to have a do-over on, mm-hmm. my, on my wedding, because mm-hmm. I would... No, I take that back because then we wouldn't have been able to have margaritas on the beach in Mexico. <laughs> well, does but, it seem like, oh, and on top of some extortion for a wedding gift, here's a little bit of, uh, you know, bribery that we're going to you know, ask. Are, it just seems like another thing. Like, how much do you really love us? Yeah. Like, uh, did I, did you, oh, I noticed you, that some, so-and-so didn't get up there to dance. Huh. Mm-hmm. It, that was in Tony and Tina's wedding, I recall. Oh, really? And they said they gave the money to charity, but I think they just gave it to like the stage manager that night <laughs> and then you put it in the safe and gave it to the producers of the show do you think there is uh ever some sort of joker that goes up and gives them the money and then takes the money back and it's like this is a terrible <laughs> dance. A shitty dance this one stunk and you owe me money now <laughs> i do wonder if it has uh this would be a podcast uh that would require some research uh that's not uh, ours then. that's not ours but if it has a historical context for like a type of um Tradition where people aren't going to get another present. That's going to be the present. Right that would there. be one thing. If, if if I wasn't already asking you to perhaps come from outside of the area, yeah, and then you know rent a tux or get a suit or whatever, and then have to buy me a gift and spend your time to come to this damn thing, mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't feel so bad if it was like just the if there was no gift involved. It was just this is your gift is money. Yeah, that would be fine. Yeah, I did like what. Um, speaking of gifts, I liked what our friends. One of our friends' weddings where they did, uh, uh, basically, you could donate money to them for specific things for their oh, honeymoon. Yeah. Where it was like, you know, this will go to pay for their massages, mas- or their the hour, their 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 whiskey tasting, whiskey tasting <laughs> that they're planning on doing because they're pretentious. No, that's for, that's called back to last week. Or their, you know, their 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 trip to Scotland. This is going to go pay for this tour of St Andrews or whatever. Yeah. I liked that a lot. That was a good, that was like a good way to sort of like ask, because mm-hmm. it was like, you felt like you were contributing to a very specific memory that they're yeah. having instead of like a toaster. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So. What's your second, Michael? Uh, my second is there's a moment when everyone's dancing on the dance floor and it's to the song Shout. Mm-hmm. And yeah. everyone gets a lot quieter and everyone gets quieter. Then everyone gets louder and louder. Uh, same moment happens in the aforementioned Love Shack. Okay. When every, uh, the music shuts off, and then everyone sings, Tin yeah. Roof! <laughs> Rest it. <laughs> and then the music kicks back in, 
Uh, those moments of like collective dancing that are so rare as you get older. Like I'm not Emily and I aren't going out dancing anymore. Yeah. We didn't yeah. really ever, but sometimes in your youth you used to go dancing. Mm-hmm. I know Richard, you and Sarah kind of do like a ballroom dance or, or we would do swing dancing. Swing dancing. Yeah. But we would go out dancing every once in a while to like a club or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh weddings tend to be a place where generally if you're not a dancer, you're still gonna somehow yeah. dance. And there are a few songs that are just like those really peak, great wedding mm-hmm. dance songs. Sorry, Chicken Dance, yeah. not on the list. Or people like but a Cupid like, Shuffle or... There's something... There's some... you, by the way, when you said Shout, I thought you meant the Tears for Fears song. <laughs> I was like, that is that is a different type of wedding than I'm used to going to. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. But like, when it, starts, when it starts to get softer and everyone starts getting into it and then everyone... Mm-hmm. like it's it, and then it starts to yeah. fill back up. And the same Otis thing with Day. Love Shack. <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect wedding yeah. song. And like those sort of collective moments on the dance floor that you don't often get, that you only seem to get at weddings, yeah. are some of my favorite parts. Because like, yeah. I like to dance with Emily at a wedding. Uh, we, you know, we have a young son, and I'm sure that at some point we are going to go to a wedding with him. Mm-hmm. And it'll be fun to dance with him at a wedding. And it'll be silly and cute and dumb or whatever. But like... I like going to dance, and at the wedding, it just like oh, it's it's on. You brought up the fact that it seems so like the dancing is mostly a product of, of extortion or uh, dates dragging their dudes out onto the floor. So weddings are almost the only place that I feel comfortable dancing at because for most of people, it's a requirement, not an elective. It's something that you have to do. And also, there's a good chance that like 80 year old grandparents are going to be out there yes. dancing too. So you're not going to yes. feel bad. Yeah, and the 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 kid with a diaper on just kind of doing the bop around kind of dance. So, yeah. Richard with a diaper on Richard doing the bop around <laughs> dance. At my own wedding. That's what happened. <laughs> um, one of my choices is, is actually uh, music choices. So, I, th- I feel like we're in the same... Yeah, save it for after the break, maybe. Ballpark on this. So, yeah, yeah let's, okay. let's, 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 let's get in. Let's chop it up after the okay. break on that. Okay, awesome. So, uh, speaking of breaks, um, you should take a break from using your eyeballs to read books. Your eyeballs have been suffered, or your eyeballs have been forced to do all the reading in your life for your whole life, and that's wrong. It's cruel to your eyeballs. Let your earballs read from now on by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash Rushmore and trying a free trial of Audible from us, the Rushmore guys, to you. This is our free gift. You can download for free forever. You don't have to give it back a free Audible book and you could download how to be a wedding DJ colon how to plan and DJ a wedding ceremony and reception by James Loram. We all know that guy. Wait, right? Did you say James? J- Jimmy. Loram? Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy Loram. James Loram, right? J- yeah, James okay, Loram. Good, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, I know him. Yeah. Um the party starter, James Loram. And then oh, Mr. Party? Mr. Party. Yeah. That's right. Also Mr. Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> Mr. Retirement Party, Mr. Mr. Continuera, Mr. Work Gathering. Uh, Yeah, you can do that uh, by just uh, participating in this Audible trial. It's a free 30-day trial. You can download this book or uh, any of the 180,000 other books for your uh, iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player, whatevs you got. And if you don't like Audible, you think it sucks, you can still keep the DJ book and get that sweet, sweet cash coming in from these wedding receptions and things like that. Also, uh, we'd like to invite you to crank up some other recordings at your next wedding reception. If you're going to DJ a wedding reception, don't pick Cool in the Gang, Celebrate. Don't pick um, I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. Play back episodes of the Rushmore podcast as you DJ <laughs> the next wedding reception. On double speed. <laughs> on double speed. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're going to get those people out on the floor and looking confused. And um, when when you play, ask them to give us some feedback on the, on the <laughs> podcast. Ask them to down, to rate and review uh, the podcast. Do, hey, uh, Grandma, do you give this podcast three stars? Uh, hey, Uncle Lou, um, take the oxygen mask off your mask, your face, and tell us how many stars you get for this podcast. You know what you don't want? What podcast you don't want to play? Uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History no. at your wedding. Because <laughs> at double speed, it's still two hours long. <laughs> it's still two and a half hours yeah. long. And it's just like, by the time you get into the gruesome, uh, you know, uh, 
the Monroe Huns dock. coming down, yeah, yeah. coming down the uh, steps, yeah. to murder and take off the tops of people's heads. You're just like, that's yeah. that's not appropriate. Maybe for the that's course. maybe the last song. If you want people to leave, maybe <laughs> if it's nobody's leaving. Okay, well. Uh, yeah, but or you could also just listen to it uh, and let us know what you think by giving it some ratings, and you can do that on Stitcher or, of course, um, iTunes. Also, we want to support other podcasts, and here's one. Hey, everyone. Hannah here, the co-host of Film Roast, where two over-caffeinated and underqualified friends talk about all things movies. If you like film factoids, lots of sarcasm, and bad impressions, check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can also follow us on Twitter at Film Roast Show and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash film roast. Happy roasting. We can all agree that's not as good as our podcast. So why not get back to the topic at hand, which is the Mount Rushmore of wedding receptions. And Richard seems to have something he wants to say. Yeah, I think I I tipped my hand on the last one. It was, uh, we were talking about music choices. That's uh, my, my, my third choice. Um, you know, as the resident music snob here, yeah, it will not surprise you guys to realize to know that I gave our wedding DJ a stack of CDs burned, like burned CDs, and said, "Here are the songs you are going to be playing." Yeah, essentially at the wedding reception. John Zorn's greatest hits. Really, John Zorn live. <laughs> you would be surprised at how many people got out there shaking their asses to some John Zorn. <laughs> no, I had you know, I thought a pretty good, well, cult. Expertly collated. In collated? Ins. Curated? Curated. Okay, Thank okay, you. okay. I think I... Okay. <laughs> I think I had an expert, expertly curated selection. Oh, of course, yeah. Of music that was not the basic, not that was less than your... Something else other than your love shacks or your shouts. Because I just, I didn't want people to come to the reception and hear the same things they've heard at every other reception. And I wanted it to be stuff that was like individual and personal to us that we felt That's, sort of... Yeah, you, you wouldn't get a cookie cutter ceremony if you didn't feel like it should be customized. Why can't that be customized? And about third of the way through, the DJ started playing the chicken dance. Yeah. And I grabbed my best man and said, get up there and have him turn that off now. <laughs> and he had to go over there and I got, you literally like the record... <laughs> <laughs> ah, just kidding. We're not going to be playing that. And then had him turn on some more ska or whatever yeah. I had, like, uh, had, had had him put up. Um, and I remember, Michael, you had you're, you're, you had kind of a unique thing for your wedding music as well. Yeah, we, um, beforehand, we uh, asked our guests if there was a song that they'd like to dance to at the wedding. And then... Uh, on each table, we we had a jukebox, so you could go up to the jukebox and play your song or a song from any of the other guests. So it might not be stuff that you particularly, you know, some people selected stuff that was, quite frankly, I would never listen to. Um, but that's just me, though. <laughs> that's right. But like you know, uh, it was great to see a collection of what our friends wanted to hear at our wedding, along with some other stuff that we selected as well. And people could go and play the jukebox and select a song. And hopefully by the time that people, like, wanted to dance, because, you know, people started playing music during, like, the reception when we were off playing music, and we could hear it, and it was just like, at times we'd be jealous. We'd be taking pictures and be like, oh, my God, I love that song. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had songs that we wanted to dance. But it was just like, it was, I thought, you know, there was some generic stuff and generic dance stuff, but also like really unique, weird things. And also like, yeah, we had CDs with like a hidden track on there. If someone happened to play the Main Street Electrical Parade music <laughs> at our wedding, that would have been great. Yeah. They they didn't, but they could have with all the great farty little sound yeah. effects that goes along. <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, it's we wanted to make it personal too, but we also want to make it accessible. And I think you have to find a fine line between that of like, people want to dance to shout, but then they also want to dance to fun stuff that they've never heard before. Um, and nobody wants to dance to the chicken dance. Right. Nobody yeah. wants the chicken dance. And I think you can tell, I, I mean, I think you can tell a lot about a person's 
about a person. Yeah. Just based on what they're yeah. what they allow to be their wedding music. It should be personal. I think yeah. you're painting a portrait of you're t- painting a love story and this is the soundtrack to that love story and it should be beautiful. When you go to it and it's just nothing but the DJ, well just play whatever you want. Like that's just I can't fathom saying play whatever you want <laughs> and it's going to be like the modern top 30 yeah. like whatever he happens to have in his rotation at the time. Uh. That just feels like to me it's just like saying it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What yeah. you play, and yeah. it, that to me, that's just there's aesthetically or something. You're definitely not a it doesn't matter music person. No, not on any level. Uh, I I had one role at our wedding, <laughs> other than kind of nodding when my wife uh, made all those big decisions about uh, our wedding. She gave me one role at the wedding reception, and that was to hire and inform the band about the list of music that we wanted to play. And uh, my wife, Jen, happens to be here right now. She's in the recording studio She's in the now. recording studio. Hey. And she, come in. she also gave me a, an instruction about what to ask the lead singer of the band not to do. Do you remember that instruction that you asked? It was in regards to their interaction with the audience and to not cheerlead. Not uh, grab oh, his crotch? Like don't, don't be like, sing along or... Uh, every wedding band singer always goes, come on, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want that. <laughs> but I did want the chicken dance, which seems like opposite of what you would do. Yeah, there's a heavy... Th- this podcast has had... 20% of it has been about the chicken dance. <laughs> yeah. Or the money dance. Or the electric slide. Or the electric Main Street electric parade. <laughs> or the Main Street <laughs> Oh, that's not what I expected at a wedding. Well... Thank you for stopping. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs> but there's awkward. Yeah, Jen Bascom, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, That's like a, that was like a Bob Hope when he'd come that in was, the tonight hey, show. Everybody, or yeah, <laughs> you know, walk through. We've got quick. our special guests here. Um, did Jen, it, it's hard to ask a band to to ask this. I mean, it's not hard, but you know, you have this playlist of songs, and some of them might be a little bit kind of corny. But then to say, hey, can you ask your singer not to encourage anybody to come to the dance floor and shake their groove thing? My wife doesn't like it. <laughs> that was awkward. My one job and I complained about it. Okay, so uh, it is Michael, and it is his third. The cup of coffee at the end of the night that goes along at the end, you're just, there's something about after you've been drinking and dancing and you sit down and you have like the cup of coffee comes out with a saucer. Wow. And the stays the coffee station somehow is set up. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is one of the best. It yeah. is better than a cup of coffee in the morning that I've ever had. It's the post wedding at the end of the reception cup of coffee. I might've mentioned this too on the episode of our Thanksgiving bullshittery episode <laughs> from a couple years ago that I love that Thanksgiving end of meal yeah. wedding cup of coffee that like there normally I'm not having a cup of coffee at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. But there's something about that that just like, it feels like it's a fine cap on the evening. It's so nice. It's probably a little too sweet. The coffee isn't like great coffee, but f- you mix like, You've been a little sweaty and too many glasses of red wine, and somehow it makes you feel invincible that you're going to drive home. (laughs) And you're just like, this piece of cake and this cup of coffee is so perfect right now. That is such a unique insight, because I I have forgotten about that. Usually, we're sneak-outers before the wedding is the reception's oh, Jeff, over. Oh, Jeff, you are a sneak-outer of every party. <laughs> of everything ever, yeah. Jeff is amazing. Jeff, we've probably he, talked about it on the show. <laughs> Jeff will go to every party that he's been invited to, but will stay for an hour. But it doesn't matter because you go to every party. You sneak out all of them, but you're there for every party on a busy Saturday night yeah. for an hour. And it's incredible. It is the king of you the are Irish devoted. goodbye. Yeah, I, wish yeah. goodbye. <laughs> I come in with my crave case of tacos. And then <laughs> but it's not, it's not like at a party like that we'd have at our house or whatever, that we'd have like a coffee station. Yeah. It's just like you drink yeah. until you're done until yeah. you take a lift home or whatever. But now it's like, but that wedding cup of coffee is just like, yeah. Whoa. I've, so I, there's something that feels like you've, been through a whole night and now you're having your morning coffee or something or something very ceremonial about it that I love. Okay, Ricardo. So the wedding reception is going great. Everyone's having a good time. And then inevitably, there will be one disaster. Mm. Every wedding reception has a disaster. Yeah. And the only thing that keeps 
And then the only thing that really matters is how well the disaster is managed. Hmm. Um, for mine, it was the fact that we had an open bar and we thought that we were going to have whiskey and wine and or with uh, spirits along with beer but somehow that didn't get that got miscommunicated through the wedding planner and so we got there and all we had was wine and beer oh instead of the full bar yeah a full bark full bark <laughs> and uh. so that turned out to be a fun disaster at our wedding that uh-huh. we had to uh Deal with because let's face it, the open bar is important. Yeah. Um, because you need that open bar if one person is going to get themselves super drunk and then become the disaster yeah. of the <laughs> night themselves. <laughs> we didn't have any disasters at our wedding because again, didn't have the, the spirits. The fuel wasn't there. But Lord knows I've been to enough weddings where there's always that one person who just decides to take the open bar. So maybe mine is actually instead of the just the broader disaster. Yeah, <laughs> it's open bar based disasters because <laughs> the, there is always at least that one person who decides to take the open bar, just yeah. the open part of the open bar, a little too seriously. Mm-hmm. We had um, you, you mentioned the jukebox, or we talked about the jukebox at my wedding. Uh, it was like a pre wedding disaster in the making, where the guy that was delivering the jukebox showed up much later than he said he was going to be there. Oh. It was like, our, you know, our wedding was at a normal five o'clock time or whatever. Very average, nothing to write home about sort of time. And it was like 4.30 when he showed up. Oh. And it was just like the scramble to set it there up. Was a the whole, sc- there was a hullabaloo around Oh my God. It was I just, because there was, there was two aspects to it. It was a jukebox that had all of our music preloaded into it. But then also we could stream music to it via Bluetooth. And we use that for like... Emily's song when she was coming down the aisle and my song or whatever, all the different like music cues we had, like uh, my best friend, Eric running that part. And that was like, we were told different things like, Oh, the Bluetooth would override the jukebox, but it wasn't, it was like the jukebox music overrid. So like all of this was coming down at four 30 and we were Mm -hmm. set to go at five and that pushed back to five 30. It was just like, we had to get, and I think that when we were out done taking pictures, it was just like, someone's going to take care of this. Whatever. Someone's going to fix it. <laughs> Our hands, we were like, I think, you think we're you're... 500 feet away taking pictures yeah. up the road. Someone is going to deal with the jukebox. And somehow it got worked out. But it was like, like I'm... Richard said, is as long as you can manage that one major disaster, you're in the clear. Right. Um, the one at my sister-in-law's wedding that, that was not the, it was the same wedding as the, uh, this ring represents what goes around, comes yeah. around. Their uh, piano accompanist never showed up. Oh. Like, had to cancel, like, at the last mm-hmm. minute. And so they come to me and say, Richard, do you mind playing something during for, for when Teresa marches down the aisle? Mm-hmm. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> no chance whatsoever. Because I, I... Richard rises to the occasion like a doctor <laughs> on an airplane. Yeah. Is there a doctor here? Nope. No, sir. <laughs> You're wearing scrubs and a mask. Why is he taking that parachute and jumping out the window? <laughs> well, because I really can't play piano in anything that what I'd say is a functional level. If you put me in front of a piano, I can play like... The chicken dance. The chicken dance. <laughs> I can play chopsticks. I can play like a real basic clang... Clang. Yeah. Like I, I oh, can, clang, clang. I've heard I can, clang, clang. I, I clang, can, clang, clang goes the trolley. <laughs> I, love that, I love that you playing John Zorn and you call it clang, clang. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, 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 it is very, very rudimentary. I don't know any songs. Yeah. If you told me to play like a C chord, I can kind of sit there and go, ding, ding, ding. Okay, that's Yeah. It. But I did not in any sort of way, shape, or form that I'm going to be responsible for the music when somebody comes down the aisle for their wedding. In hindsight, I probably should have tried, but at, at the time, <laughs> it just felt like a. It felt like I was. The odds of me compounding the problem by doing it really badly <laughs> felt like it would be better to have no music than like a really obviously awful piano player. This is one of five different Seinfeld subplots that you've you've set forth. <laughs> I forget what there was one a second ago. Jeez. I gotta look it up. <laughs> I so. 
every wedding has this sort of like mini. Did you have one at your wedding, Jeff? Did you have any sort of like mini uh, your disaster? Gym, any sort of like mini fire that needed to be put out? Uh, I just remember, gr- gratefully, no. I just remember my grandmother's in law on my wife's side were each in a mobility scooter and our we're each going a different opposite direction of where you needed them to be at any point <laughs> at the same time. Um, it was like, or there's that, like that old electronic football game where it just vibrates and just goes <laughs> off into nowhere. Right. You don't want them to go. So That's we were, ridiculous. we were very fortunate, but I had that same feeling in Michael had where you as the bride and groom, you're the CEO of this operation. And then all of a sudden the the board has taken it out of your hands and you, you just you're you don't have any control over this thing there that was you've been a hostile planning. takeover yeah, hostile of your takeover. wedding yeah 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 oh I've, I've seen i've seen some pretty awkward pretty hostile, takeovers. hostile takeovers yeah um yeah so uh, By the way, michael we need to have some jeff cast when we get done after your pick coming up here. sure i, I will, feel like oh, we've got more stories i will say my first marriage i am waiting on the groom's side to go i got there like a half hour early somehow i'm a half hour early before the wedding waiting to go on uh, go on waiting to to for it to start <laughs> waiting in this, for your call time where my call time yeah, i'm in character uh in this chapel at, in lawrence kansas and on the university and it was free to students and my brother the best man has not shown up yet and he shows up um, about 20 minutes before the wedding is about to start. And he's wearing high water black pants with no socks on. And he says, I don't have any socks, black socks. And uh, what do you mean you don't? <laughs> and this is point where I don't know what I expected from the traditional. I guess I kind of thought he was going to do things like give me a bachelor party or <laughs> I don't know do all these kind of best man things and he hadn't and that's fine he's still my brother he's still the guy to do the job but at that point i realized i've got to go drive this guy back to his house to my place to get some socks for him and it was the best thing that could possibly happen because now i'm not we're nervous it's the most nervous racking time i was already regretting this marriage it was already going to be bad i was gonna say i think the first best thing that could have happened if you would just kept driving kept driving yeah yeah get a plane uh, go to Mexico, but no, it was the best thing that could have ever happened. Cause now I spent that half hour, uh, just get going to get some socks from my brother and have a little bit of conversation. And I think he did tell me at that time, uh, I don't like her. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. Well, you know, at least we're having a frank conversation. Um, yeah. Good okay. time to have it. Yeah. Yeah. So is, what's your last one, Michael? My last one is the judgment of all the participants that happens at the end of every wedding. Sometimes it's in the middle of the wedding. Basically what we've been doing at all these weddings that it we've is been. The, you're sitting there and you're like, man, that was my favorite wedding. Or, oh boy. Yeesh. What did we... Yeah. Who are... I don't know these people. These are my friends. Yeah. I don't... These are the decisions they made. Yeah. Can you believe what the bridesmaids were wearing? Mm-hmm. And it goes through every wedding. Every wedding is is like ranked on this scale of that was my favorite to that was the worst wedding yeah. and somewhere in between every wedding has been it's been their favorite wedding the worst wedding the least memorable wedding i've been to weddings where it's just been like i don't i went to it yeah i don't recall a single pleasant thing that someone said a single memorable moment and like i'm lucky i think richard's lucky like uh i recall everything from my wedding even though we are hustled around like jeff uh Married me and Emily, and like it was an unusual circumstance. <laughs> it was so sexy. So well, sexy. Strange that we haven't lived together since. What's going on? Uh, but like, uh, I wonder how many people are like, yeah, I don't remember much of my wedding, or but there's always that thing that where they either you're driving home after it and you're just in the car and you're just like, ooh, ooh. yeah, what did we just see? Or you're in the middle of it and you're like, oh, that was the best dance party I've ever been to, or I can't believe they had the audacity to do that or like my god they played the chicken dance they played the chicken yeah, dance yeah, oh, yeah. it always comes back to this but there's always like a judgment it's always like how was the wedding and like you have to assess it and sometimes yeah. you don't assess it truthfully oh it was really lovely it was mm-hmm. it was great when you're thinking to yourself yikes Eek. yikes yeah because w- someone else's someone else's point of view had to be gotten across and sometimes it's just like oh 
That's yeah, not the that's choices wrong. I would have made. Yeah, yeah that's wrong. He literally I, did the wrong. I line. went to one that I knew. I we knew it was a budget thing, and we knew that they were they wanted they wanted to get married, and they didn't have a lot of money to throw at it. But food would have been nice. <laughs> it was oh. all these things that we weren't informed about, and it was a BYOB, and it was this stuff where you go. Okay, you know, we, we're actors. We know a lot of actors. But, you know, we did get you a $100 gift. And none of this stuff is going to be at the normal wedding. And so are the reception. So that that was kind of rough. And, oh, my sister, uh, she didn't listen to the podcast. She, she, my sister won't do anything unless it helps the world. And where many brides choose to be the center of the universe at their wedding, all her choices were just about, were a reflection of her generosity. And... uh She's vegan, and she chose a caterer that that specialized in vegan food that was far, somehow like farm rescue food or something like that. So not only was it vegetables, it was like homeless vegetables or something <laughs> like... It was like they got it from the Ross of vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got yeah. all the regular. They got all the ugly vegetables oh. that don't make it to the supermarket. Those <laughs> yeah. are literally a thing that exists. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Was like that, and. Uh, so it was just which which plate of mash mush you know of brown root things or which crate of Brussels sprouts do you do you eat? It was just all my sister's my sister's wedding dress and the bridesmaid's dress were chosen for them by a personal shopper who works for Goodwill who specializes in upcycling repurposing. What kind of job Clothing. is that? I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's a it was an incredible thing for the community. And now her bridesmaids didn't have to buy a thousand dollar dress that they'll never wear again. And that's, they had to get support communities and stuff like that. Boy, your sister sounds like a real asshole. I know. She's, she's the black sheep for sure. The nice one. Okay. So I think that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 So okay. what other stories, Jeff? Is there, any, are there any stories that we love of yours? Because I know you said you had a, a, I believe the phrase was a cannon to shoot at us. Oh. Of stories. Were oh there my any God. other? Uh, I thought I had, oh, it was something had occurred to me. Oh, I just in general think wedding ceremonies, they always, the officiant always talks about the flowery, wonderful way that Michael met Emily, and it was bound for glory, and look how they're meant to be together, and it's Romeo and Juliet, star-crossed lovers, and we all know, not yours, but we all know half of marriages end in divorce, and you as the audience are sitting there wondering, is this one going to end in divorce? So I think the officiant should always say... What a dark, what a dark uh, well, thing to think. What they should do, job. what the officiant should do is say, I don't know about Michael and Emily. I don't think they're going to make it. You know... We got to rally behind these people. He's drunk half the time. She's told everybody she's settling. You know, you're their family and friends. I need your support. It should be like a telethon. This doesn't have, you know, this doesn't have to be like the injury scouting reports <laughs> for like an NFL game before. You don't need to know who's, who's like, who has a hamstring injury or who's out. Just say some nice things about the couple. You don't have to like lay it on so heavy. Oh, if you no want one's the... expectation, no one's expectations going into a wedding are like, I hope someone gives me the stone cold truth about fifty to fifty percent divorce rate. They also always <laughs> say you are the circle of trust and kindness that exists around this couple, and you are part of their relationship from here on out. And I always say, not these assholes. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with these losers. <laughs> Oh my God, we went to one, my wife and I, um, where we knew the bride had cheated the week before. Oh, wait, you knew the bride had, like you found out a week before or she had cheated a week before? She had cheated a week before and it was going through the scuttle and now the bridesmaids were like, oh, hell no, I I bought a thousand dollar dress and I got to do all this stuff and do all this stuff. And the bride was like, don't you screw this up for me. I had one last fling and I deserve it. And now it was it was like full on East Coast Guidet kind of stuff. So okay, is that one of the fifty percent, Jeff? Yeah, was that? Like yeah, these kids aren't going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> these kids aren't going to make it. Okay, uh, so this has been the Mount Rushmore podcast. Uh, oh, okay. Before my wedding night, my ex told me that she was a kleptomaniac and had been stealing from her employer, <laughs> fistfuls of cash. <laughs> And this was always a weird thing in our relationship because if I wanted to buy the latest Counting Crows CD, it right. seemed like we had to kind of watch our money. Can we wait until your next paycheck or something like that? When she wanted to go out for dinner and take all of our friends to the local brew pub and pay for everything, it, uh, 
she didn't have to justify it. All of a sudden, she had these fistfuls of cash. Right. It was the night before we got married, she said. She started crying, saying, I've been stealing from my boss at the Birkenstock store, and and I can't stop, and I don't know what to do about it. And all the whole time, I'm thinking, like, I'm about to I do with this person, and I'm an accomplice now to her, her all her theft. And then the house we bought ended up becoming essentially a money laundering thing for this. Like we oh bought this God. house and six and renovated every inch of it. And it was because she had all this cash burning all in her pocket. What's the statute of limitations on? Oh this? shit. Feds, uh, that was more than seven years. Feds ago. don't listen to this podcast. They don't. They listen to Feds cast. Exactly. Yeah. So when your brother said to gave you the I don't like her speech, is there party yeah. like, huh, oh, you should have heard last night. Yeah, you should have heard really yeah. wouldn't like yeah. her then. Uh okay, so Oh yeah, we need to pick. Yes. Let's pick. Let's pick. Let's pick. Let's pick. I, Richard, Michael got three out of the four last week, um, and Richard's coming back strong this week. So, um, I like your uh, your strong arming the DJ because even if you do read the book, how to be a wedding DJ, how to plan and DJ a wedding and reception, and if you're like a prestige DJ, an A level DJ like James Lauren, you still work for the couple still work. and when the groom gives you a curated list of 1 billion types of first wave second wave and third wave ska you have to use that music right yeah yeah okay um so i respect that power move uh also uh respecting um the it was good to have some connection on the money the money dance didn't know if that was a thing from my childhood or all over. And I think the general topic of wedding speeches is the one that we can, uh, that was very fertile territory. And because it was so tactile for me from the wedding, the couple not sitting is one that I would like to choose uh, because it just, I remember, my feet still remember. My dogs are still barking from that. Thank you. I'd like to marry you, the Mount Rushmore audience. Or at least to entertain... Dance, dance with you at a reception. There you <laughs> <Got go>. you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. This has been the Mount Rushmore Podcast. Uh, my name is Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 